This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, Throwdown Nation. And I gotta say, the phone has been ringing off the hook with people wanting to find out how they can add me to their NFL teams for my guidance on all things football and basically every other sport for that matter. Yeah, so that's a little BS, but you know who else is full of BS? John Gruden. John Gruden, you know, I don't know how else to say this. John Gruden is running a Ponzi scheme with the NFL right now. Because there is no way you can classify the Oakland Raiders as a football team anymore based off of what John Gruden has been able to do in less than two months. In less than two months, the Oakland Raiders have gone from, you know, an average to, you know, slightly mediocre team to one of the three worst teams in the league without question. And it's inexplicable to say that this is none other than a hatchet job to get as many draft picks as possible and just draft his own players by just dismantling and just sapping the actual willpower out of any self-respecting football player that's on his current roster, defrauding the people of Oakland of a football team before they finally move out to Vegas... Uh, you know, whenever that stadium actually gets built, because that's a whole nother debacle that no one's talking about. You know, this is, without question, one of the biggest travesties to happen in the NFL in quite some time. And you cannot say that this was not foreboding when Khalil Mack gets strung out for days, weeks, a month on end, waiting to try to get a contract settled. Reggie McKenzie of the Raiders, who is the GM until, you know, hopefully he quits out of frustration dealing with this nonsense and just, you know, just quits out or quits just from the basic premise of, you know what, the money's good, but like, I'd rather have my self-respect because John Gruden is running this franchise into the ground just for the specific purpose of being able to to say that he built this team from the ground up and he doesn't give a damn about what anybody else thinks about it. Because when you show up on national TV and do an interview with Howie Long where you literally state that your phone is ringing off the hook with free agents texting and calling you saying how badly they want to play for the Raiders and the Silver and Black when you are one of the worst teams in the league you got pretty much what everyone describes as an awful cap situation because 
you make $10 million, your owner doesn't have money to pay for the rest of the players on the team, so that's why you had to get rid of Khalil Mack. And you sit there on national TV and just lie for no good reason. There's no reason for John Gruden to show up on national TV in front of Howie Long and brag about how many guys are calling him up. Blowing his cell up, people. Blowing it up to talk about how much they want to come over to this team. You got to be fucking kidding me. You know, and it's not even funny. It's really not funny. Because the simple fact of the matter is, sports are supposed to be competitive. The Raiders just lost by... Uh, wait, hold on. Let's look up the score line again, because I, because I, I don't want to. I want to make sure that there wasn't a garbage time score here. Okay, no. It, it, okay, so the final score of the game last night was thirty-four to three. Uh, obviously, the Raiders lost. Uh, I couldn't remember when the field goal was kicked, but quite literally, the Raiders got their asses handed to them by a practice squad QB. Now, it's a great story for Nick Mullins because the story was. Nick Mullins, no one knew who the hell this guy was because C.J. Beathard was still injured and, you know, could not grip a football properly because of his wrist injury. So the uh, the 49ers had no choice but to go to Nick Mullins. Uh, and it was a possibility that was uh, stressed uh, starting out uh, a couple of uh, days ago uh, by, uh, by, by their head coach, Kyle Shanahan, stating that, you know... Uh, you know, he went to Mullins saying that there's a possibility he could start Thursday night because it's a uh, it's a short turnaround, obviously, uh, uh, for the game. So there was always a possibility that uh, you know you could have Mullins playing tonight. But the fact that Mullins literally never threw an NFL pass coming into tonight uh, in a natural regular season game goes 16 to 22 for 262 yards. And it could have been more. He could have easily thrown for 300 yards if the 49ers had any inclination on rubbing it in uh, to the Raiders. They could have easily done that. They they chose not to. But from the outset of the uh, third quarter, it was blatantly apparent the Raiders had no interest in actually trying to win this game. The Raiders literally tried to take the air out of the ball and run the ball down three touchdowns. Most teams you know, would actually put up the farce of actually trying to run plays, try to get back in the game, you know, actually play offense. Instead, the Raiders went out of their way to not even try. They gave up. And that's about as as simple as I can say. They gave up. Not just the players. The coaching staff gave up. So when I hear this load of BS from John Gruden about how he's building a champion... You know, it's such an ego stroke to him that it just drives me up the wall because there are guys trying to be professionals out there and they aren't even given a chance to be because you got this idiot who doesn't know what he's doing, completely outclassed. The game's passed him by. He he talks a good game. He All he knows how to do is sell, 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 sell. But there's there he's got nothing to actually sell. So he's just selling hot air. So that's why there's a Ponzi scheme. Because he's got nothing to offer the Raiders. He has no tangible benefits. He has no coaching tree to speak of at this point, being so far removed from the game. Like, he doesn't actually have disciples 
that he could bring on that actually know what the modern game is at this point in the NFL. Because for him to say, again, proclaiming to be the quarterback whisperer, Derek Carr has regressed to the point where he's scared of getting hit. It's the same situation that his brother David Carr went through when his uh, uh, organizations fell through and failed miserably. Because when you don't have adequate protection, this is what happens. You can't look down the field because you know you're about to get smoked. Like, no, no human being ever is willingly going to get smoked time after time after time. There's no there's no protection in this game. So, again, you can say all you want about it. There are a couple of teams that already waved the white flag. The Packers already waving the white flag. They can say whatever they want. Packers waved the white flag when they traded HaHa Clinton Dix. Because the GM doesn't believe the current core roster, nor Mike McCarthy, can get Aaron Rodgers to a Super Bowl. So that's one team that's already waving white flag. The Raiders already talked about. The Lions, shipping off Golden Tate to to the Eagles. Clear sign that Patricia knows that that's going to be a multi-year rebuild, which is why he didn't didn't sign with the Giants, because the Giants kept self-deluding, saying that the Giants could do a quick rebuild which was always a long shot of actually working. You know, there are things that teams do that automatically turn off coaches. Well, any self-respecting coach, that is. Because then you have the situation in Cleveland, where the Browns fired head coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley. For those of you who were not paying attention to Hard Knocks this season... You clearly saw the civil war going on inside the Browns organization between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, wherein Hugh Jackson claims he was not forced to hire Todd Haley and hired him on his own accord, yet every single time Todd Haley had a chance to question Hugh Jackson and his leadership, Haley took every opportunity to do so. I mean, Haley undercut Hugh Jackson at every turn during Hard Knocks and in the NFL season. So when the story came out that Hugh was going to Brown's organization to take back the reins of the offense uh, of the offense because he didn't like where Todd Haley was developing Baker Mayfield, and then was summarily fired by Jimmy Haslam uh, and his group. Todd Haley goes into the meeting next expecting that he's going to be awarded the head coaching job because, in his mind, Hugh was incompetent. But Haslam and his group just fired Haley as well because they didn't want to reward insubordination as a path to getting the head coaching job. This is what happens when you have dysfunctional organizations because everyone was questioning why Hugh Jackson was brought back after winning one game And 31 games. Because it didn't make a lick of sense. The realistic situation here was that, you know, Hugh Jackson should have been fired and then just go on their merry way. But Hugh Jackson was making this press tour this week on ESPN, listening to anyone who would, uh, I mean, speaking to anyone who would listen, rather, about what was really going down. And according to Hugh Jackson... You know, the issues that were going on within the Browns organization had to do with how he wanted to develop Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, he felt, should have been adopting a college-style offense 
similar to what he had at Texas uh, Tech, and then moved on to Oklahoma using that RPO style to actually help him adapt to the NFL lingo faster, similar to the way Carson Wentz developed. Todd Haley just wanted to install the Steelers' offense, and that be the end-all, be-all, and Baker Mayfield was going to conform to this offense no matter what. The ridiculous part about this is the fact that Hugh Jackson also asserted that he wanted to draft Carson Wentz, was told no by the analytics guys that Jimmy Haslam hired and since fired. Then he wanted to draft Deshaun Watson and again was told no. So realistically, the only reason why the Browns brought him back was because they felt guilty about how they handled the situation. Now, this is where the story becomes BS because if you listen to that narrative, how the hell is Hugh Jackson, if you're bringing him back, you're forcing him to take on Todd Haley? It doesn't make a lick of sense. Hugh Jackson's an offensive coordinator, turn head coach. Usually, you usually have that guy do it, or a similar guy of that would be his disciple. I mean, let's just be fair. This is just a ridiculous office situation that just played out on an NFL team here. You had a power struggle. Both guys get shit-canned, for lack of a better term. And you've got utter dysfunction within the organization that the Browns actually promote Greg Kill him in the head, Williams, you know, the star of Bounty Gate from the Saints, as their new head coach. Greg Williams, the least qualified guy that should ever be a head coach, is now the coach of the Cleveland Browns. This is such a Cleveland Browns story, it's not even funny. And of course, they're going to be playing the Chiefs. This is such an easy pick for the Chiefs this week that, like, there are a couple of teams that I, I just know it's going to be, you know, just printing money to uh, on Sunday. One being the Bills, even if it's uh, because the line went up to minus 10 once it, uh, once it got announced that the Peter Man was coming back. The Peter Man is coming back. The guy who will single-handedly prove Colin Kaepernick's collusion case is back. So there's the Bears. That's a gimme. The next gimme is the Browns. The Browns are going to get smoked by the Chiefs. There, there's no doubt about this one. So you got two gimmies right there. You, you got another gimme in the Vikings against the Lions team that also waved the white flag. Uh, so, you know, th- there are some lousy games on Sunday, especially in the early window. This is going to be probably the, one of the worst early windows you'll ever see coming up soon. Uh, for NFL football for the 1 p.m. games. I'll just be perfectly blunt about that. But uh, this is a joke. I mean, I'm I'm going heavy on the NFL stuff. I mean, we've got uh, Alabama-LSU coming up this weekend in college football. Realistically, that should be a spectacle, but I expect the Alabama to fully win. I, I'd be stunned if Alabama lost that game considering the fact that LSU doesn't actually have a legitimate quarterback behind center yet again in a contest against Alabama like this is actually probably the worst quarterback Alabama's faced in the last five years in in their rivalry games with uh, LSU so I I can't I can't uh, with good conscience take uh, LSU this is just a win for Alabama 
through and through. So, you know, that's where I, I kind of stand on the college football front. We also have the ridiculous story in the NBA that Luke Walton's on the hot seat after eight games with the Lakers, uh, most of which he had either his starting uh, point guard or his starting uh, power forward suspended. Uh, you know, I, I, I you know, Magic's still pissed off in the World Series as far as I'm concerned because, A, the Dodgers got embarrassed because Dave Roberts didn't know what the hell he was doing. Uh, you know, notice how I didn't bring up baseball until 15 minutes into the podcast because I'm so annoyed with how that World Series ended up. Just because I knew the Red Sox were going to win that uh, win that game in L.A. because I had no confidence in the Dodgers. Like, at that point, they gave the Red Sox every inclination. That's why Magic's pissed. He's still pissed off about that World Series. So he's taking out his frustrations on Luke Walton. And Luke is just the whipping boy until, uh, you know, LeBron says that Ty Lue needs to come in and coach the team. Or Brian Shaw. Like, or anyone else that LeBron might feel comfortable with. Because Luke Walton, long term, should be worried about his job security regardless. But for him to get fired eight games into the season, uh, or at or at least merit a rebuke eight games into the season, is just completely and utterly overboard. And it's like... It's not a good look for Magic Johnson. It's a dumb look for the Lakers because, again, it's eight games into the season. LeBron's teams never start off the uh, the, uh, the season on a hot streak unless, you know, you got Kyrie Irving tearing it up. And guess what? Uh, you ain't got any of that kind of talent on the Lakers. You know, you can talk all you want about Kuzma and Ingram. Uh, you know, less said about Alonzo, the better. But, I mean... Forget it. It, it. This is not the kind of squad that's going to be lighting it up starting out the season because LeBron is a whole different beast to kind of get used to playing with. And again, this is the first time anyone's actually tried to put together a roster around LeBron that did not involve outside shooters. Again, this is a very flawed strategy in my opinion, but if you're going to go with that strategy, you at least got to see it through for a couple of, uh, for at least a couple of months. Not a couple of games, and then you panic and start yelling at people. Uh, like that, There's no way to encourage an actual productive environment that way. But hey, you know, the Lakers can do whatever they want. It's just a dumb way of going about it. So, I'm going to bring my dad on in a few minutes just to kind of talk about the day in sports and kind of go through uh, some of the nonsense that I've already seen take place uh, in sports uh, the past few days just because of how ridiculous everything came across. So, uh, we're going to do that, and then, uh, you know, later on this weekend, I'll get into my picks and uh, just for the spread as well as DFS and who I think is going to win. Plus, we got UFC this weekend, even though this is about as, you know, as lackluster UFC pay-per-view as you're ever going to see, and it's in the garden, too. It's like, I have absolutely no inclination of really covering this UFC in any sort of detail, but, you know, I'll do it anyway just for the sake of... Uh, just being a completionist, and you know, uh, I'll probably give like a pick for Breeders' Cup too while while I'm at it. But uh, you know what? Uh, let me bring my dad online, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, yeah. So the story is with Hugh Jackson is that he wanted to draft both Carson Wentz in 2015 and Deshaun Watson in 2016, but was told by the analytics staff on the Browns that he couldn't draft either player. And my argument is, is that for Hugh Jackson, who's got the three wins 
uh, on his career with the Browns. Like, they set you up to fail. They only brought you back in with Baker Mayfield under the constraints of having to work with Todd Haley, who is one of the most unmanageable people you will ever deal with in the NFL. My thing is with Hugh Jackson, they set you up to fail. You might as well have gone out fighting yourself last year instead of trying to come back this year because people were already saying, why is he coming back? And it's the only reason why I can think of is that the Browns felt sorry for Hugh Jackson because they didn't listen to him. But at that point, if I'm Hugh Jackson, I say, screw you. Uh, you know, you guys already, like, submarined me. I'm not taking on Todd Haley as an offensive coordinator when I told you who I wanted as a QB. You ha- you tied my hands behind my back saying I could have drafted these guys. And instead, I get to draft Baker Mayfield, who wasn't the ideal guy I would have wanted. But then you're forcing me to still take on somebody that I'm not interested in. So, like, my issue with Hugh Jackson's story, saying that, you know, they kind of, like, pushed him in a direction where, you know, they told him to delegate some of the responsibilities, I got to call Hugh Jackson out on that. It's like, you know, if you didn't get your way with the QBs, you can't you can't be saying that it's unfair that, like, you didn't get to see the term out. Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Okay? The reason I don't want to hear anything is because... If, if it's like how you say it, you should have had something in writing where they can't get rid of you unless they pay you an exorbitant amount of money if they want to do that. Because the thing, let, let me tell you what used to happen by us with me and my boy. If I go in to do a job, and I am the one who know the job, they want the job do this way. I tell them that is not going to work because I know so and so and so is going to happen. I mean, this is my business. I know what I'm talking about. If everybody insists that they want it done that way, I used to tell them plain. Let me tell you something. I don't want nobody asking me nothing when the shit hit the fan because this is what's going to happen. You know what I hate? You know what I hate in everything? I hate people who come and talk after because it always looks like sour grapes. I don't know if to believe it. Look. Well, see, here's the... Have principles. If you know you want to take Carson Wentz, you let it know that you want to take Carson Wentz. If they're telling you no... Okay, you come back. You, you let that pass. You see how good Carson Wentz is. You come back and you say, I want to take the show Watson. If they're telling you, no, you got to leave the job. That, my, my point exactly. My point exactly. Hugh Jackson, should, I would have respected Hugh Jackson more if he just left and then went on this Don't media say tour saying, this is what I wanted to do and I didn't get to see through my vision. Because saying that you stayed on because you got to select Baker Mayfield with the caveat that you have to take on Todd Haley, that's still a compromise, so you let them guide you to failure. Look, I'm telling you, look, I, like I tell you, it's the reason why I never listen to people after is, is like when, when they talk about Amarosa, I never listen, I, never, I have no idea what she said or anything because you're the one who said one thing 
and don't come back after the shit hit the fan and telling me that, oh, you wanted to do this and you wanted to do that. I don't want to hear this shit. You understand? If you know you're a good judge, a quarterback, and, 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 and whatever, that's your strong suit. Okay? This, this is the one thing I like Bill Parcells for. And people might say he's greedy and whatever, but if Bill come and he wants to run things, if he not get to running, he's going to leave. He's going to figure out a way to force his way out. Because, like he says, if I'm cooking the food, I want to help buy the groceries. If you know you give them, you wanted to take Carson Wentz, you get a chance to say, look, you see what I'm talking about? I know what I'm doing. If you let them talk you out of taking the John Jackson the next year, and you're going to stay on that job, well, if you stay on that job, you stay to keep quiet. So now that they kick you in the ass, which everybody know what happened, shut up already. Yeah, they, so, I mean, that, that's why, like, the... the am I supposed to believe it? The, the, I am going to always think that you're just saying that now because they failed and they got fired. Yeah, it... it Honestly, I kind of believe him, but I don't have sympathy for him. I don't have sympathy because we know how incompetent the Browns are as an organization. Yeah, because I, I equate this the same way I equate like things that happen with the Mets to the dysfunctional teams that should be better than what they are. Sometimes it comes it comes from the top, but guess what? Don't take the job. Don't, Don't take, take the, the job. job. It's like if... <laughs> this, this is what, like, 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 um, what um, LaGreca was saying the other day, that the Giants wanted Patricia. He said, but most likely, when, when, when Mara told Patricia what he wanted to do, Patricia probably said, I ain't going to work because these guys you have here is not going to work this year. You know that? But they probably say, I know, I know soldier and them, they, 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 they're not good enough. You know? So. Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. with, And what people fail to understand is, like, when you go through this coaching process, they lay out the vision of what they entail the team to be, and they want to yeah. hear your vision, too. So, like, when there's yeah. a disconnect, that's when guys balk at the last minute. So, basically, uh, uh, to your point, yeah, Patricia probably heard the spiel that the Giants were doing of a quick rebuild and said to himself, that's not what I'm looking for because you saw what Patricia did with the Lions. The Lions are in a competitive position and he still traded away Golden Tate because he doesn't think that team's good enough to win now. So he would rather get the draft pick, even though as much as like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it. I think Golden Tate's great, but he's looking at it from a three to four year perspective of, I don't want to commit the money to Golden Tate because we're not in that position to win now that's, or in the next that's, year. See, that's the problem because you're going to have to commit the money to them. That 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 that's where the problem is. You know, so I I I don't I I I don't like I don't look. We know there's a bunch of assholes in Cleveland because we wondered how is it you guys could pass on on Carson Wentz. And, and and come back again and pass on on the Sean Watson. I mean, we talked about this. This is not this is not new stuff. No, we talked about it. 
at length. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we went through this shit, you know. We went through this. We're not even it's, Cleveland it's, fans, it's and we know surprise. we know the people in Cleveland are just subjugated with incompetence. <laughs> yes. You know what I and, 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 and I'm not even sure what they're doing now is going to work because they figure out ways to get in their own way. You know what I'm Yeah, the team looks like it's, it's coming along, it's coming along, but they, they look, let me tell you something. Uh, it it comes like this. It have 10,000 ways to sabotage a team, and Cleveland knew them all. <laughs> yeah. You understand? Yeah. Cleveland knew them all. So, so it's not going to surprise me if, 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 if a couple of years down the road, the Cleveland, Cavill, uh, the Cleveland um, thing, is the Browns are right where they were last year, the year before. Because they figure out ways to mess things up. Yeah. You know? So I, 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 I and these new guys hasn't shown, you know, people say they have football people running things now. They haven't shown me that yet. They, they, that they, yet. They, no, they have people who claim to be football people. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Because, because as much as they think, I would have never take Baker Mayfield at number one. I could have traded that number one pick and still get Baker Mayfield. There's nobody that was taking Baker Mayfield at number one. Nobody. You hear anybody that says, well, if they didn't take him, I would have taken him. Who do you say that? You know? So, hey, 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 look, and right now, for what I'm watching at those quarterbacks, it's a race and everybody's type of thing. I haven't seen not one of those quarterbacks look like, yeah, um, so-and-so made the better pick. Uh, the Jets made the better pick. No, Cleveland made the better pick. No, that guy in Buffalo. No, the guy in 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 in, um, in Phoenix. I haven't seen that. I There's not one of those quarterbacks who has not the head of the other. They're all in one line going forward. None of them has looked the thing. They all look like like the same guys they look like in college. That will 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 will, will throw a bunch of interceptions when when things get tough. I haven't seen anything. I keep hearing people saying that Donald looks like he's gonna be a good one. I, I haven't seen that yet. Maybe I'm prejudiced. He hasn't shown me that yet. He showed me the same guy in college. He looks great and then he looks terrible. And I don't know if that's gonna keep going on. You know. I keep hearing people saying he looks like he's going to handle the spotlight, and I, I don't know what, what it is they're seeing to, to, to think that. Now, he might be good. I don't know. You see? So, when they're telling me how good the people in Cleveland is, I, hey, I can bet you, if you stick Big Bel- uh, um, Belichick in that same position Cleveland was in, he never took take none of it. He'd have straight away most of those picks, and turn them into multiple picks and have more guys. That's what he would have do. And he would have still get one of them them quarterbacks. Without without using up one of his, his things. So when they're talking about I mean we've seen people build teams before. I you know, I, I, I haven't seen anything spectacular in Cleveland. You know? So I d I don't know how good they're gonna be. 
So when they're telling me that they have good football people running it now, we 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 we'll see. You know. But 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 Hugh Jackson should never come out and say anything now because you can't do what you did there. Allow them like you say to put you in that position where you, you, you I mean you you gotta see that they set me up to fail. They just run any other or other principles. You're gonna let them force you to take him on your stuff? Yeah, you gotta be kidding me. That that's my thing. I have no sympathy for Hugh Jackson. So this whole media tour thing on ESPN, I just look at him like, okay, whatever. It gets to me. It's just. You, I, I, you look, <laughs> if I had sit there and see that, I would have just go by it. I don't like after talkers. I don't like it. I don't like a guy leaving a team and then when when thing then he, he come out and say, oh, I was telling them this and shut up already. You and a woman, you and a woman in a relationship, or you come and break up, stop going about and telling people how she's this and she's the cheat and she's the this. You didn't say anything then. I hate that. I never like the the, the after talkers. Let leave and let everything stay like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So well, we 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 got another coaching situation brewing. Uh, because uh, the, the the reports already came out today that uh, Magic Johnson uh, uh, sat down. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm Luke Walton, and basically said that the uh, the start to the season has not been acceptable yet for the Lakers because they're three and five to start the year, and that's not acceptable according to uh, to Lakers brass. Now, my personal theory on this is that. Magic realized that he was going to have to pay Kershaw $30 million a year regardless of how the World Series played out. And so he he's uh, uh, he, 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 he just decided to take out his frustration on Walton to begin with. So that was my theory. Wait a minute. Um, you know, I didn't pay attention. What did Kershaw do? Did he opt out or did he? Uh, they, they agreed to an extension. So he... Uh, so Why he, would they do that? He, he, he opted out and they agreed to an extension, which I find comical because if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm like, I already saw the best of Kershaw and he still can't pitch in a big moment. So, wait, 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 Why, who do you think? You got the Yankees, you have the Red Sox, which one of these teams you think is going to pick up Kershaw? Because all of these teams is hoping to win the World Series. And he can't win a, a game, in the, he can't win games in the playoffs. Which team you know is going to pay him big money? Which team? You think the Yankees are going to grab Kershaw? Thinking that, oh, when he pitches first, he's gonna pitch better. Look, you gotta be kidding me. Listen, I, 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 I here's here's what I love best about it. You know what I love best about this, Cali? His his uh, his prior deal left him with two years and sixty five million. They just I, paid him three years and ninety three million. Like w- you just added on an extra thirty million. Why? I have no idea. 
Who who was actually going to pay Clayton Kershaw thirty five million a year? He's getting thirty. The I only reason the only reason why you're leaving L A. is to make thirty five to forty million. I'm glad that uh, the Dodgers re-signed Kershaw because that frees up the Yankees to that that frees that frees that frees up the Yankees to. No, no, he wasn't. He was going to go after uh, guys like Corbin. The, 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 that's who he's looking at. He's he's looking at he's looking at uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel and he's looking at Corbin. But the the only thing was that you know if Kershaw opted out, there are people dumb enough. To try to talk Cashman in, saying, "Hey, Brian, you you gotta look at Kershaw. You know he he's a he's a prototypical ace. This is what you look for—a big left-hander." Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like how people are saying, "Oh, they should have let him pick. They should have started him in Game Seven because look what coming happened. Look how good he pitched when he came in." I, 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 you know, but then again. This is why we, like I always say, this is why we have Donald Trump in office, because people will believe any shit that you tell them. That's the one problem I have with Americans. They don't look at the common sense side of things. They don't use common sense. It's a big difference sitting with a 4 nothing lead when you don't walk, because it's like, well, we already think we lost already, so even if we give up two more runs, well, uh, He's still not gonna get the place. Yeah, uh, the place uh, I just, go I just, I just love the fact that they they just gave him. It. They love burning money. But yeah, so that was my thing. Like the reason why I think Magic ripped into Luke Walton so much was the fact that the you know Magic doesn't have the final say with the Dodgers. So you know he had to he had to fork over the extra money for Kershaw. So he decided to rip Luke Walton a new one because he could. Luke's his whipping boy. Yeah, well, you know. But 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 in 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 Magic's defense, that team is not looking good. How? But my th- my thing was, how is that Walton's fault? Defense, <laughs> and that team is not playing defense. They give they give away big leads. But that's my thing. When you bring LeBron James over, that's what you should expect because LeBron's teams don't play good defense. They just played in the East, so they didn't get to get exposed like that. But LeBron hasn't played defense in a while, and you brought over guys that really aren't good defenders. They're, they're really not. It's like the core of your team wasn't good at defending. The guys you brought in... Well, I thought that's why they brought guys like Stevenson, because he actually does defend. Well, I he, never thought Rondo was a good defender. He's a good ball handler, couldn't shoot, wasn't a great defender. It's like they brought they brought guys over that can be specialists, but in terms of overall team defense, in order to have that, you actually have to have a court with big guys that are good defenders. Like JaVale McGee is a shot blocker. He's not a great defender. He's he's not a guy who's going to communicate the defense of what you guys should 
be in and what sets you should be in and who should be going after who. Like, there's a... He he took a shot the other night. And I'm like, could you learn to count? It's got 50. You up. You are up. You take a running hook. It's got about 15 seconds on the clock still. I mean, next thing you know, the team going down with the other side, boom, they score. I mean, you can't... You're a saying that at all. My thing was eight games into the season the only reason why, there are two reasons why you're coming down hard on Walton. A, you're trying to find an excuse to fire him or B, you're pissed off at something else and you need to take him out uh, uh, take it out on him. Because here's the thing, what are you going to do to replace Walton with? The only thing I could say is that you know, Tyron Lue just got fired and LeBron's already whispering hey, I think we may need another voice with this team because clearly these guys that are already here weren't paying attention to uh, Walton and they still aren't paying attention to him. Well, um, if he gets fired, uh, depending on who comes in, we're going to know if LeBron's fingerprints is on it. I wouldn't want that to happen because, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot. Now, LeBron is a guy, at this age, he looks like he can handle the pressure. But in L.A., if, if he gets Luke Walton fired, he, he's going to have to have a coach. If, if, another, if a guy like Tyron Luke comes in, Luke needs to take a rest, though. Luke health is not good. I don't know if Luke wants to go. I don't think he should go to handle that kind of pressure. He, you know, because... 
if, if you take the job in L.A., they fire Walt and you take the job in L.A., not that Walt never did anything, you know, but if you take the job in L.A., the expectations are going to be, you know, really, really high. Oh, yeah, because it, the, the, the what people will say is that you only got hired because of LeBron, and then your LeBron, coaching yeah, career yeah, so gets it's, tied it's to LeBron James. And, and you know. Because at least LeBron left Miami so Spolstra could make his imprints and show that, hey, I can actually coach. I didn't need LeBron. So he at least had that. Teron Lou didn't even get that chance with the Cavs because Dan Gilbert like made sure to basically, you know, because he was pissed. He's still pissed with LeBron. So he's going to be petty and just like take it out on everyone to remain it. Because it's not as though J.R. Smith's a good player or anything. He's not. But the fact that J.R. Smith is basically just getting benched and not even playing at all is ridiculous because it's basically showing that Dan Gilbert isn't letting the finals, uh, uh, what happened in game one of the finals, go, and he's just taking out on J.R. Smith because it makes no rhyme or reason. If you want to trade the guy, just trade him. Don't bench him and devalue him even further. It doesn't make any sense. Well, well, well he's asking for a trade now, so... Of course he should, because there's no reason why he should be benched on a team this bad. Yeah, I know. I know. No, well, Dan Gilbert has control of his team again. Oh, yeah, no. Well, that, that's the thing. Uh, that happened on, uh, uh, that, 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 that did happen on First Things First. Nick Wright was like, Dan Gilbert got his wish. He got his team back. That's all that Teron Lou firing was, was Dan Gilbert reasserting control of the Cavs again. Yeah, over his team. But the, the, the only problem is, is that it, it, might, it, it could be another thing that like I say, be careful what you ask or you may get it. Because if he, I hope he can actually run the team and it doesn't stay perennially bad for years. You know, because Dan Gilbert reminds me a lot of a guy named Snyder. Oh, and yeah. We, we, you know, we see how much, you know, th- that whole crew there, Snyder, Jerry Jones, they all act the same way, and their team hasn't won anything for years. Because Dan Gilbert is wired black. And that team... Black never could coach those guys. You know, he got fired again, so, you know, Black could never coach. He's not an NBA coach. Well, well, well that's the thing. Uh, Gilbert would argue that they never gave him a chance to be an NBA coach. I, I think that was always the issue Gilbert had was that they didn't even allow my guy to have a chance of, uh, of uh, coaching this team. LeBron turned his but people against him. Bring him back now because didn't he just get fired from his job? Yeah, it's like David Blatt's still around. He just because he, he was coaching somebody. Who yeah, he was coaching the, the Israeli league again. He went back to the Israeli league. Oh, yeah. So you know, he can he can he can bring him back, bring him back now. You know, a little, a little close. So. It's it, like I said, all of these owners who think they they, they, they want to interfere with stuff, 
And, and, and you know what? Somebody was saying that the other day. Since Jerry Reed was, was manager of the Giants, it, it looked like Mara had a lot of hand in, in stuff. And now, of course, he's never going to take the blame for anything. You understand? And, and um, I think it's like Brecker saying that, that you got to be careful when these owners start having too much to do with the team. You know, oh, it, to, 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 to me, to me, to me, when know when anything about about these things. When owners start getting involved with day to day team affairs, that's usually the sign that things are about to go south and go south real quick. Yes, yes, because the the the, the kicker, Judge Brown, yeah, that was all Mara. Yeah. You understand? And they got egg all over their face. But that is when owners do stuff. You know, Snyder been meddling and meddling, meddling, watching for years. They haven't won anything. And for all the talk about all this, about all oh, Jerry Jones, know, yeah, he know how to make money. But what happened to the team? What have they won so far? You know? I mean, you gotta be kidding me. The last Super Bowl they won is with the, is the players, is the Timmy Johnson guy. He, he, he never won it. He's he, he gonna tell his Barry sister, but that was Timmy Johnson's team. It's still Michael Irvin and Ernest Smith and Troy Aikman, the same guys. You know? And, 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 and he wants to take, and look how many bites that he has to live at. They allowed the Giants to come down there and beat them when they had the best record in the NFC. You know, so so it's not like they they, they never got back. They they had they had a few chances as well. You know, 2007. Then they 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 had the one. Well, they got a, got the 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 they got a little robbed in Green Bay. But the one problem I have with that green dating, when people talk about it, I always tell people, don't say they got robbed because it's not like it was the end of the game. Rogers would have enough time to come down the field and beat them just like how he beat them the next. Yeah. But that the next year? Yeah. Uh, just like how he come down and beat them the next year. So don't carry on as though they got robbed that you know, they didn't give him the touchdown. Yeah, he, he would have enough time. It wasn't the end of the game, you know. And they will still only need a, a, a field goal to beat them. So, I, I, you know, that one I, I, I don't really, um, I don't really put into the thing, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll let you go uh, just because I know we've been uh, catching up on, on this one. But take it easy, Kelly. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about over the weekend with UFC, uh, the college football showdown between Alabama and LSU. we got to talk about the NFL, obviously highlighted by the clash between the Saints and Rams. Plus the GOAT debate between Rodgers and Brady on Sunday Night Football. We have that to look forward to as well. So 
should be a good weekend. Obviously, we have the New York City Marathon coming up as well. But, uh, you know, good times all around. So uh, whatever floats your boat should be quite a bit to take a look in in the world of sports. So uh, that's all for now, and have a good one.